Hi, it's Michael Anthony. And welcome to The Meat of It, a carnivore podcast about life. Speaking of life, I wouldn't be alive today. I wouldn't be alive ever without my next guest. I mean, my guest is, okay, let's keep it short and sweet. My guest is my dad. (laughs) Thanks so much, dad, for joining me for The Meat of It. Thanks for having me, Mike. So happy to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity. I miss you. I miss you too. I mean, even though we both live in New York, you know, New York's a big place and uh, yeah, don't see, don't, we don't see each other enough, but uh, we've had a, a deep connection throughout life I mean, forever. So, and it's, it never, never diminishes. And I really appreciate that. So um, one really exciting thing, I mean, of course, you know, I'm, deeply saddened that I lost my mom and, you know, I, you two divorced when I was 16, I guess, but, um, you know, the, uh, I know that you always, uh, you know, the, despite difficulties that there was always, uh, love in the family. So, and, and I, and, uh, you know, growing up in that was very, uh, it was enriching, you know, even with all the, 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 the troubles, but, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, you know, you get into the, there's so much we could talk about, but the fact is that, um, my mom died of a heart attack because of her eating habits. And, uh, I'm sure lifestyle played a part to some extent, although, I mean, she had a treadmill and everything, you know, tread, we know treadmill. I mean, you know, uh, my aunt, uh, Titi Juanita, uh, passed away, uh, your sister who, um, you know, jogging. So, you know, these don't, these are not the answers. The answer is lifestyle. So, uh, and we, we've had devastating losses to show that. And, um, I'm happy that you, very beyond happy that you have turned to a ketogenic lifestyle and a largely carnivorous ketogenic lifestyle, because that's uh, going to you know, keep you in my life longer. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's great news. Cause I want to be around to watch you because I'm exceedingly proud of you, Michael. I, there's just no way to describe, you know, since you were just the, since the moment you were born, you know, you just kept showing me. You were always my greatest teacher, even as a baby. You know, you made me pay attention to things in a different way. And um, yeah, of course, I'm, ter- I'm devastated about about your mother, but um, what she did for you and what we were able to do for you was really kind of step back because there was some someone forming before us that we just had to protect the environment around us so you can continue to grow to be who you are because you were so wise, even a very very young child. Even at three years old, you were saying things and asking me questions I didn't have answers for. And it elevated me. And, you know, we can always go back to that. But just, I'm just thinking about the fact that since you were a child, I was learning so much about life from you. And then, in, as an adult, you know, this is only, I've only been going keto or what I call it, ketovore. I got it from Dr. Barry's wife, Nisha, uh, ketovore, who you got me into. Uh, because it it's, it really is a lot of meat, but I do still incorporate vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that um, it was because of you, Mike, because 
I had type 2 diabetes for pretty much the majority of my adult life, you know, over 25 years of dealing with type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and because, you know, the life I live, I, I really enjoy my, I love life. I enjoy it very much. And of course, something that not only did I try to impart to you, but learned a lot of how to enjoy life from you. Uh, just a little aside, I mean, I was telling the story recently, how when they, I was walking into school, you made me about six years old or so, and walking up to St. Savior. Mm-hmm. Was it St. Or was the, the Catholic school? Yeah. And yeah. we were walking by, and um, we were walking, and we were holding hands. And there were these morning glories. You loved morning glories. You always did when you were a kid. And you said, hey, Dad, look, morning glories. I said, oh, yeah, nice, man. And you said, no, that way. And you said, Yankees, <laughs> don't miss this. And I, I tell that story every time I do any kind of talk or anything, because that was a really special. I didn't know just how seismic that was for me, because it really did make me pay more attention. Just wow. hearing your voice, you were dead serious. You were not like trying to be cute. You were like letting you were warning me. <laughs> so that extended all the way till now. When I, you know, I'm on the board of directors. We'll talk about more of what I do later on. But uh, one of the things that I do is I'm on the uh, board of trustees at the Norman Rockwell Museum. They asked me, they invited me to be on the board, and it's just yeah, he's my favorite artist. And I never, I never saw that coming. But, of course, I was there at the Red Lion in this beautiful hotel that's about a half a block away from where he, his house used to be. And just a couple of miles away from the, from the museum where we had our meeting when they inducted me in as a member of the board. Unanimous decision in the gigantic room. All beautiful stuff. So, of course, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling high and happy. And there's this candy store right beneath there's a giant window on Main Street, giant window where Norman Rockwell's first studio was. And I, I was just admiring this thing about that he was up there one day. I mean, at one time. And then I went inside the general store and I saw all the candy from when I was a kid. I mean, everything is sugar daddy, sugar babies, Turkish taffy, uh, Jolly Ranchers. I mean, it was just, like, of course, I knew I couldn't eat that. But, you know, because the way humanity can be in, in our own minds, we kind of tend to find ways to convince ourselves of things that are good when they're not. Mm-hmm. There was a woman in the, in the area that made these homemade um, licorice. And it was in the back. It was a big basket. It's wrong. It was homemade licorice. How bad can that be? You know, one of the main ingredients of licorice is sugar. And I, and I just convinced myself because I was feeling so high about this beautiful day that I let that become a distraction. So I went in, took it back to my hotel room, watching TV, thinking about the great meeting, thinking I was going to eat one or two of the licorice sticks, but I ate the whole bag. I didn't even realize it. I did it all. Every time I had any licorice, I had the whole bag. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I'm sorry. That's the serving size. <laughs> the American yeah. serving. The American Thank serving you. size. I feel better, but I feel even more stupid now. But anyhow, <laughs> besides that. Anyhow, I, I, I ate the bag and I said, oh my goodness. So I waited a couple of hours because you're supposed to wait at least one to two hours to check your blood. When I checked, it was higher than I'd ever seen it. I think it had gone up to like 560. It shouldn't be any more than 120 after, after any meal. And 560 was dangerous. And I said, I hope I don't go into a coma. I was really scared. And there was all, all that elation just shot down because I didn't know what was going to happen to me? I know people that went into diabetic comas. Mm. Anyway, I was fine. It was okay. Then I, you know, came back and I told you about that. 
And I don't know if you remember how this conversation went, but it was um, it was basically like this. I told Zero Mike I had to get time to rock, blah, 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 blah. And a whole bag of licorice, you know, I couldn't believe it. You had already been telling me about the kid who died for a while. And I, and I kind of poo-pooed it like so many people do, you know. Of course, you didn't give up, so thank you so much for not giving up on me. But the thing is that um, you said, well, Dad, if you can do something like that, I think you even said, if you can do something stupid like that, try to keep just one, one day. And, of course, I'm thinking, you call me stupid? I said, well, certainly what I did was stupid. I can't deny that. Because you've always been straight with me, man. And I've always tried to be straight with you. And it worked out really well. So you were straight with me. Just like, don't miss this, Dad. <laughs> don't if you can do something stupid like that try it just once and i'm telling you i tried it one time that that day because again it takes me a few days for my blood sugar if it gets high and then that high but if it gets like 300 it takes a couple of days because i was still eating poorly to come down to where it's not doing as much then still damaging but not as much so i i went to bed after i ate steak and asparagus and it's not trying this keto thing the next morning, I take my blood sugar. It, it, it was almost down to normal. And I, even with the four medications that I was on, it never gotten there mm-hmm. to almost normal. I said, this can't be. But you know what? I think I, I tell you, I had forgotten to take my meds the night before. So without meds, I got to almost normal with only one meal. And I'm, I swear, I'm not trying exaggerating, trying to make myself look great. <laughs> this is my life that I'm talking about, and this really happened. Mm-hmm. So and the, the problem is, the next when I took my blood the next day, it was like maybe 130. Still high, but man, I had never seen it that low. I said, this can't be. So I kept pricking my fingers for that day, trying to you know see if, if it was true. And after all, you see the piano back there, I couldn't play because I was really hurting my fingers because I, I must have checked like 20 different times and I, I only used two of my fingers. Yeah. Not smart, I know, but but I was amazed. I said, you know what? The next day I said, I'm going to go ahead and just eat keto the whole day. So I had, I think I had um, over, over medium eggs and some bacon. And then I had, um, I think a uh, some kind of chicken. I can't remember what it was, but maybe chicken thighs. I was trying to get some fat in there. Then, and then at night I had the same thing, the steak and asparagus. Mm-hmm. The following morning, I get a little choked up saying this, Mike. The following morning, and I, and I deliberately didn't take my meds at all, all day. Because I had to take some in the morning and then some at night. That previous day I took some in the morning, but I didn't take it at night. This time I didn't take it all day long. The next morning, my blood sugar was perfect it was like maybe 95 and i again i was actually angry at first i said this can't be right i changed the batteries in my glucometer and i and i I, but i was careful not to trick my fingers too much this time because i had work to do um but and you know what it's been nine months now nine months wow overnight it was absolutely overnight so again you were always my greatest teacher as a child and you saved my life and you know a lot of people think that it's external that you try to outside like you, know, you mentioned your mom you mentioned my sister my beloved sister Juanita. they were trying to do something but it, we have to start inside and you taught me that i did not know because i i work out too i worked on the basement you know thinking that if i work out i can eat my hero sandwich i can eat my rice my, my um, chicken fried rice and things like that that's what we're oh. taught that's what we're taught 
Right, right. So again, I have I can't thank you enough, Mike. You know, it's it's just it's a miracle. This is a bona fide miracle. How can something like this happen overnight? Twenty five over twenty five years of type two diabetes, and in overnight it's cured. And like I said, it's been nine months, really, probably closer to ten at this point. Mm. So thank you, and thanks for letting me say that whole story. No, thank you, Dad. Seriously, that that's. Uh... It means the world to me that you're taking care of yourself and that we found a way to uh, take care of ourselves. I mean, that's, that's the way. And, the, and I, honestly, you're, you're giving me all the credit, but what I did, what I ultimately, cause you know, I, I shared my videos with you a couple of times, but what really got you, let's admit it is Dr. Ken Berry. And I yeah. sent it, I could tell something about Ken Berry. Maybe it's cause he reminds me of some of the, the preachers, the Southern preachers that I, I grew up watching you watch. <laughs> so yeah. and he has these little hard-headed things he does uh, with that wiener that hot dog yay today is better than that that snickers bar you ate last week or whatever like if he says yeah you can eat a hot dog but don't eat the bun because i know after you eat the bun you're going to be thirsty you're going to knock it back with a nice cold pepsi or a mm. coca-cola and of course it's laden with sugar but he calls it a nice cold drink but he doesn't mean that. it's not like the dog He's smart. I watched him today. I watched him in, and his wife Nisha. They did um, the Monday Night Lives, and I didn't. I didn't get to watch it Monday night, but I watched it today. And it was great. So yeah, thanks for that yeah. too. No, that's <laughs> I credit for that too, Mike, because I didn't know anything about Ken Berry. In fact, when I watched him the first time, I was ready to be mad at him because he did kind of he, he uses the word snarky. So listen <laughs> to this guy. He thinks he knows everything. So a little, everything he said made sense. And then he started one thing that really was, again, si I like to use the word seismic because this is the level of life change it has been for me. Um, he was teaching about salt and how my entire life, even my, the endocrinologist that I just fired about a month ago, because she kept asking me, are you going back on your, when are you going back on your meds? I said, doctor, actually, one part of the story I left out, I went back on my meds because I couldn't get in touch with her. I said, well, let me go back on just in case. And then I, when I went back on, I got so dizzy. And you remember the time, Mike, when we went to the movies and we were in the City of Angels, I think it was a Nicolas Cage movie. At the, at, toward the end of the movie, I felt like my head went numb. My vision was blurring. I honestly thought I was, I was dying. And I said, I can't die in front of Mike. Mm -hmm. So I said, I, maybe I'll go to the bathroom. He said, but dad, the movie's almost over. I got to go, Mike. So I went to the back of the theater. And by the by the time I got out, you know, the back doors, it was a bit, the inner lobby there, and I, and I was fainted. I, I didn't pass out completely, but I, I lost, you know, control of myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the ushers came and saw me, and he brought me, I thought it was water, but when he put it in my mouth, and I was so, I, I was thirsty, and I, kept, I gulped it down, but it was, it was like Coca-Cola. Yeah. Made me feel better, but I thought it was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? He has more sugar. I thought... But then when I talked to my doctor, he says, no, that guy really saved you because, you know, you needed some sugar. You had hypoglycemia, not hyper, but hypoglycemia. Your blood sugar went so low. That's the same thing that I had when I went back on my meds, thinking that I had to do that as a safeguard before I spoke to my doctor. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, I'm not doing this. And she was very upset at me when I told her I, I gave up all my meds. You stopped all four of the meds that, I, that I've been prescribing and said, doctor, I don't need them anymore. And I started trying to tell her she was not convinced. Mm. So we had to keep them nearby. It's nice to hear.
hit at you that you think it's cheering you of diabetes, but you have to keep them in your mind case it comes back. So I, I just fired her. Man. I just said, no, I can't deal with her. Or my nutritionist. I found another one that she's not quite keto, but she understands it. And she actually listens to me and learns from the things I say. That's why I recommend keto friendly medical professionals. I don't, I don't, I don't expect them to be keto or carnivore themselves, but you know, at least friendly to the ideas or open-minded. It's hard to find it. It's extremely hard. Western medicine is, I won't say it's a joke. I'm just saying that it's really difficult to find people with an open mind because they're beholden to the American Medical Association, places like that, that they're required by law to do certain things. And if they don't, they could be, you know, the license can be taken from it. I don't know the whole business or government behind that, but I do know that because of my son, I ain't got diabetes no more. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, I, and I, I was right behind you. I had I was pre-diabetic for probably a decade or more. So, and, and I mean, this all. And I think this the last time I, I checked the statistics, about a quarter of Americans or more, at least a quarter of Americans, are at least pre-diabetic. And that's really, I mean, that's bad enough. It's not people. I, when I was when I was pre-diabetic, I thought, oh, at least I'm not diabetic. So I thought, as long as I just stay in this area, yeah, he'll be fine. No, I miss something. Yeah, we're we're tra- we're trained to, and also, yeah, trained to think that we can exercise things off. Trained to think that uh, we can uh, make up for the bad things we eat with medicine, right? And people say, uh, if you eat, you can eat that muffin, but you just have to take more insulin, that kind of thing. Really, that's sadistic. Yeah, it was destroying me. And I'd say the truth, you know, that had, had a severe neuropathy. My feet were like burning. Mm. And sometimes even my fingers would really feel like numbing and then stinging. Right now, it feels like it's completely gone. I know it's not completely gone because that's nerve damage that has to heal over a long, long, long period. But it's healing. I don't feel those things like I was feeling before. You know, my yeah, eyesight, yeah. you know, was getting kind of weird at one point. And of course, they found a lot of, a lot of uh, damage. But they, they fixed most of it. And every now and then I go back and he sees a little something, but he says, but it's, it's a miracle how your eyes got so much clearer. Sometimes, you know, I, I use um, glasses for reading sometimes, but every now and then I forget to put them on and I'm reading and say, oh, wait, my glasses. Are, wait a minute, I don't need them. <laughs> reading That's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You're, still, yeah. you're still getting used to your new healthy life. Yeah, yeah. It's only been nine months. I mean, like that, I'm a new baby. It's just more like nine. I go, 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 go. And the thing is, I can't count the first few months because I was really, really learning. I mean, I'm still learning, obviously, but there's so many mistakes to make in the beginning, you know, goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, but I learned, you know. And mm-hmm. the, the greatest thing is that I can't believe, I don't know, being half, you're Puerto Rican, right? I'm half a Rican. Yeah, and, half, half a Puerto Rican. Yeah. And I was raised on rice and, and pasta and bread oh my gosh bread but i thought there was no way i was gonna i was gonna have to find a way to mix it up i even told you that i was kind of doing a blend and you told me that really wasn't gonna work and of course it wasn't working but i don't miss it anymore i, I don't even think about it that's good I, I thought i was gonna miss bread like well i don't i haven't had i can't remember the last time i had a piece of bread or rice even yeah i think uh, every now and then you take me to that amazing, glorious steakhouse, Churras- Churrascaria Plataforma. I, 
pronounce, I'm butchering the Portuguese, the Portuguese. But, it's, it's appropriate if you're butchering because you know we're talking about meat and stuff. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, and yeah, butchering all of it. I'm getting hungry, but the uh, yeah, they they have those little uh, cheesy bread balls, and uh, I think last time I, I I was nibbling the cheese from the inside, and then I started to nibble at the bread, and it just had nothing. There's nothing. It's it's empty. It's there's no appeal. The cheese part was still appealing because that's animal fat, so it's real. But yeah, once you get used to the 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 richness, the density of meat, and not, nothing really, uh, or animal products, nothing else compares. Nothing else. Maybe avocado a little bit, but to me, that's watered down still. I like avocados. I don't eat them all the time, but I do mix it in. Like I said, I'm keto boy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, all these little terms. I, I say that I'm keto carnivore, but what I really mean is that I eat a carnivore diet, and I'm I'm reminding you that it's a ketogenic diet, pretty much. It's, uh, I mean, I guess there there must be a way to do uh, carnivore that's not keto, but um, I would not count because you know, like uh, Doctor Saladino says, have honey here and there, and that's he considers that an animal product. And really, yeah, Saladino said that because yeah, he, I have to tell you. He, I, I got his book Carnivore Code, and of course it's 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 a bear to read because he's 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 a doctor. He's showing off all his doctor lingo. Super scientific, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really heavy, 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 heavy. That's the good part of what he does. Yeah, but I am not interested in that. But uh, but <laughs> it was so good to learn the things. I I kept reading anyway. Finally got toward the back of the book, and because look, I I, I like the idea about coffee, and you know, putting some people can put salt in their coffee i can't eat i can't drink coffee without some kind of sweetener of course he says look there are no sweeteners out there that are really good but he did say if you're going to use something then use glycine and because our bodies are made of glycine i said well let me try i got, I got a little tiny jar of it and put just a little bit of my coffee and i couldn't believe how delicious it was yeah so i yeah it's great and the thing is i went of course i researched everything because glycine it sounds like glyce sounds like sugar and then it's like a chemical because of the scene, glycine. I just kept reading and looking up and researching and found every time I read something, it was just this wonderful thing that it even reduces blood sugar because of the way it works as an amino acid, it actually reduces the blood sugar and it has all these benefits. It's, it's the, only, the only drawback was like you can't do too much of it at once because it, it becomes very, very strong. It's a weird taste. Mm. I thought I was going to eat two because I put very little in my coffee and it worked. I put two spoons in there and it was like I couldn't drink that coffee. But I put one spoon, <laughs> one tablespoon of, and it's perfect. Okay, good. I'm sure that people will find that useful because I don't think uh, glycine as a sweetener is a common suggestion that I hear. No, nah, most people don't know anything about that. I didn't know even so I read Dr. Salamino's book. All right, he can have some credit, but he's also pushing honey, actual bee vomit. I'm so. shocked. I am shocked. Yeah, which is sugar. That's that, that. That is a concentrated plant product. It just happens to be concentrated into in the guts of a a bee who vomits it out for a baby bee. So and it's in liquid form. So even though it's very viscous, but it's in liquid form, so it will reach your blood system quicker. Thank you. Yes, liquid sugar. That's that's the that's co the Coca Cola of the natural world. Or the ketchup because ketchup is red sugar. Ketchup. Oh man, I I was a ketchup fiend, and yeah, you know I, I would, you got it from. You know, you got it from right. 
<laughs> eh, don't blame yourself. I would have gotten my and found my way there. I really would have. You know, I'm surprised that I'm over sauce. I don't really do sauce anymore, ever. Isn't I mean, here? I can make one with, um, especially if I get some uh, like pig feet, put them in the in the Instapot, get a nice thick gravy out of that. Oh, man. Yeah, but I, I don't feel the need to, but it's uh, it's an option. I found a really good bone broth. I don't remember the name of the company, but it's really, really good. On Sundays, I, it's primarily a, a bone broth fast. I know it's, you can't really fast with bone broth because there's you know, calories in there, but it's still so easy on my system. It's just wonderful. It's almost, almost like a part of a cleansing in a way. Not really a cleansing, but it feels like that because it's so light and fulfilling and satisfying. Mm-hmm. And then Monday morning, I go right back to my routine. That's good. Yeah. So what is your routine? How, what, what, what's your, what, people like to, I, this question drives me nuts, just the way it's phrased, but what does a day of eating look like for you? That, that's the, uh, you know what? I, I don't mind at all because it used to be really a horrible garbage day. And now I can brag because yeah. my son told me how to get on the right stick. So I have a staple breakfast. It's, um, I eat either two or three eggs, depending on how hungry I am. And it's always, um, not always, but it's usually over medium. And then I have one can of sardines, and I have a can of cod liver. Which I just love cod liver. I, I, I tried the other kinds of livers, and they're just too powerful for me. Even chicken liver is too much, but cod liver, it's like almost like pudding. It's just, it's just a dream. I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then I have... Um, I have a little bit of uh, sauerkraut, believe it or not, just to help with you know, my tummy. And after years, I suffered with a lot of stomach issues, but I, they, they've been gone since I've been doing this. They've pretty much been gone. Now, have you tried um, eating without sauerkraut and with? Have you compared yeah. the feel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And the thing about the sauerkraut is it gets nice and refreshing. I don't use a whole lot. Maybe mm-hmm. like two forkfuls. I thought about it. I, I I miss sauerkraut every now and then. It's nice to. With, I would still. I would have some if I knew what was in it. Because you know, you, you don't want any with vegetable oils or something like right. that. Right. I got I got turned on by my new nutritionist. She said you might want to help use that as a as a means to help your stomach with the digestive and the enzymes and the bacteria that it needs to you know to do what it has to do. Because I told her about my problems, but um, usually I mean. I, I actually consider my coffee in the morning a meal because, um, you know, I get up really early and then I have my coffee, but I actually put beside the glycine, I do use heavy cream and I use also a stick butter in there. And I've been using MCT oil. I wanted to try how that, that works with my nutritionist suggested that I tried the MCT oil and it seems to be okay. I'm not sure how necessary it is, but it seems like it's okay. I know one thing I, and I didn't know it was going to do this, but I told my doctor, my nutritionist, you know, after I started using it for a while, I, my thoughts are a little clearer. I said, well, actually, that's one of the things that they said it's supposed to do. I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's <laughs> kind of cool. But, but that, that started happening after I just went keto. Even when I was still learning, I was making all the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Just eating real food, my body was resetting by the day. You know, aches and pains, things that were always with me since high school, just gone. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is miraculous. I shouldn't say it's miraculous. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is where we should be. Yep. Not The miracle was that I didn't die with all the stuff that I was doing to myself. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? I, this, I say that all the time. I, I don't know how the human the human body or bodies in general are so resilient. I mean, not just so, so you know the damage we do to our bodies. I'm also thinking about the gazelle that's being uh, eaten alive by a lion, and, you know, as, and it's still kicking and trying to fight for its life as its guts are being are, are already in the guts of another animal. So that's that's tenacity for you, and we have to learn from that. And, and fight for our lives and however we need to make sure we're defending our lives and and that then i'm yeah i'm proud of you for doing that because and for looking into it and, and thinking about it and you you you, you have uh, i mean you you're 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 looking up stuff and you know stuff that i don't know because i uh, i don't look into uh I, I i really got i'm surprised i got over the sweeteners but i was doing a lot of um salt in my coffee when i was drinking coffee so i liked the salt in the coffee personally and i tried it and just you know it was so foreign i'm sure after a while because our bodies talk about you know we're resilient our bodies do learn to adapt we adapt beautifully probably after a while maybe a year i might have gotten used to that and enjoyed it because at first even the cognitive was a little difficult but you know with, with coffee i i just had to have something sweet and I, and I didn't know what to do. So I, I was going to give up coffee, but I really enjoy it. It's not like anything that I need it in the morning because sometimes I skip the coffee and I'll just do like some, so a little bit of salt and water, which I learned too. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, this it's actually fun. It's fun to do these things knowing that I'm taking care of myself and that I'm getting real results. And you can't, you can't argue with results. Like I mm -hmm. said, my diabetes left me overnight. What, what, I mean, we always want, we live the micro, microwave um, generation, whatever. Mm -hmm. we, we call different things like that. And to just to, to know that there are actually things that our bodies want so badly to do mm -hmm. the right things that the minute we begin doing the right things to it, it responds immediately. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So that's what you're yeah, okay, please. It responds both ways, though. I was going to say that it's it it because um, it's weird how uh, our cravings for sugar, for instance, are, are the natural craving for sugar, which is exploited by the food manufacturers, the food product manufacturers. Uh, they that it's and it's a natural thing that would have kept us alive in ancient, you know, prehistoric times or be, before before we were being preyed upon by industry food industries at least uh but in the current context it becomes deadly and our bodies respond very quickly in that direction as well i mean uh, luckily um like we've seen we're able to reverse that usually but uh it, it's just um that's the most insidious thing about it is that it is natural and these are addic addictions basically they are chemical addictions and uh, i mean i'm talking mostly about uh to sugar but i, I don't, i'm wondering is our seed oils addictive i don't know but um they're certainly made very palatable and so that makes them the palatability uh, lends lends itself to addiction anyway so i, I would just say that uh yeah, these, these are addictions and that uh they have to be recognized as such. It's just hard to conceive of them as, but especially since you do have to eat, but people don't realize they don't have to eat sugar. They don't have to eat any carbs. There are zero 
required the, the dietary requirement for carbohydrates is zero. All right, folks, just a reminder. I don't say that enough. That's something that I, because I'm sure you've experienced this, Dad. You, you, you're talking to someone, you tell them, I, I'm, I'm eating this way. I, I, I've cut out, I don't need any uh, uh, sugar, bread, uh, grains. I just, I eat uh, meat and, and in your case, vegetables. And then they say, uh, so uh, what do you drink? And, and so they think that you drink soda or, you know, they, they, they or, you know, they, they make a bunch of assumptions or they have to keep checking in to say, so no, this, no, that, you know, it's crazy. So it's just, I think that they're just, they want to, they want to do the right thing, but they don't want to do the right thing. So it's yeah. like, it, both things, I was right there. Like, so was that's, why I, that's why it took so long for you to convince me. I had to get so dangerously close to a diabetic coma that that's what shook me. And then you, you, were, you know, you didn't try to make me feel better. You didn't try to, oh, dad, you know, everybody makes a mistake. No, you came right out and let me know. That was a mistake, and you might as well try this once if you're going to do that. It saved my life, man. so mm. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm really glad. But um, and just like uh, the, the body wants to do certain things, the body also does not want to do certain things. I, I we have um, I think an instinctual understanding of. I think that as uh, children we know what we like and what we don't like would you be willing to i've told this story a bunch of times you know the story i'm talking about yes, I when know. when I, I earned my my nickname from you chief <laughs> when uh well i'll let you tell the story please do absolutely i love it because i know i have some pictures of you around you a little boy little different stages stages of your life because again i learned so much from you and this is one of those moments I was trying to feed you the baby food, of course, that's not the greatest thing in the world. And I do apologize for all the food I gave you. That was not good, Mike. I didn't know. Okay, we're done with that. So Please anyway, don't apologize. It's <laughs> we were all lost. I know. Found now. So I was giving you, uh, I was feeding you, and I had spinach, uh, the cream spinach. And the thinking, oh, this is good for you. I'm going to feed my son make sure it's good. So, and you really didn't want it. And I'm like, oh, come on, Mike, you know, I was doing everything before. Sometimes I go, yeah, open the mouth, here he comes. And that would work. But it's finished, nothing was working. So finally, I said, look, I'm your dad. You're going to eat this, okay? You have to eat your spinach. You looked me right in the eye. You were, what, maybe eight months old, nine months old? I, I can't remember, but you were a kid. Maybe, maybe you were a year, not quite. But you looked me right in the eye. You slapped the spoon out of my hand and just kept looking at me. <laughs> I said, geez. All right. So I went and I got the peas and I get tried to go on this and we eat the peas. <laughs> so that's that's you know, I said, Oh, you're the chief. That's that's how you got the name chief. And it was legit. <laughs> you were the chief. You were the chief over your own desires. And I was trying to enforce myself as your dad. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was of course I was proud and grateful to be a dad and you know at times intimidated because, you know, you don't want to ever take it for granted. Being a parent is really, um, it's a tough job, but it's, it's not what people think it is. A lot of times parents think I have to raise my child to be a reflection of me and things. No, no, no. The children are on loan. You were a uh, beautiful little boy was on loan to us to prepare you to go out and do your own thing, to do the things that you were meant to do to discover 
Because like I always know, I, I think we talked about it before, you don't decide what you're going to do in this life, you discover it. It may be a series of things that happen, but it's a, it's a matter of discovery. And when you do it that way, that means what can I possibly do? You have to discover that. You've discovered so many different things. I mean, yes, some things you may have seen me do and you tried them out, but man, you went way past me. You went surpassed me to the point where you saved me. <laughs> so yeah, no, um, it was it was a great it was a great moment. Again, there there are some highlight moments, landmark moments between us, and that's one of them. Yeah, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dad, and thank that's you for telling. Cool. I wanted, I wanted people to hear that story directly from you because that, <laughs> yeah, I, I tell it often. Trust me. <laughs> good, yeah. And I just, I never, I always loved that story, but never saw this coming. You know, the carnivore thing. So, yeah, and that so makes it makes it even more meaningful. And and in retrospect, I realized I was probably sensitive to the oxalates. I mean, back then, I probably already, I don't know. Mike, you might have something there, man. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was, but it was creamed spinach, you said. So I'm wondering, it's cooked. So cooked spinach usually doesn't bother my stomach as much. But it's true, uh, but you're a baby. You're a baby. And mm, very much more sensitive. Yeah. You know, one thing I was going to say before we were talking about carbs, uh, I just recently learned from uh, my nutritionist, and then I, I went and did my own study about it, which I'm going to actually debunk some of what she said. Mm is that um you know we do need we do need carbs but not the way we get them right we um, our bodies make the carbs we need for our brains mm -hmm. um by um neoglucogenesis they'll take the proteins and, and transform them into the carbs we need only the ones we need so we don't have to add carbs our body knows what to do with the meat you know take the meat and then extract what we need for our brains and so it's a very next so she she was telling me that I have to cut back on my proteins because, you know, if I eat too much protein, it's going to turn to carbs and it's going to actually have the effect of carbs on my body. And I said, oh, gee, I never knew that. Well, let me go look at it because I don't listen to anybody anymore. Back mm -hmm. in just some, some research. And I learned that, you know, yeah, that is true. But the thing is, it only makes what it needs. It, mm -hmm. The protein will only be turned into the carbs you need for your brain activity. Whatever. Anything else, it just doesn't do it anymore. It stops making Yep. The, the carbs so we don't have to add any carbs whatsoever into our mouth or i don't even just skin out and get that way i don't care but no carbs none that's right endogenous glucose gluconeogenesis what books have you read i, mean, I know you're a big book guy so what books would you, would you recommend to people who are getting into this well again even though it was really heavy-handed um the carnivore code taught me a lot of things about vegetables and about things that you know, I didn't know. Matter of fact, it started with you when you started telling me that, yeah, the seeds of of, of, of fruit or, you know, and vegetables, they're trying to protect their babies. So because it's, there are poisons that they emit. Mm -hmm. But um, can, can I just run and grab um, a couple of the books? That I'm sure. Yeah, of course. So, of course, the first one I got on my keto journey was The Lies My Doctor Told Me by uh, Ken Berry. That's right. Dr. Yeah. Berry. Yeah. He's my buddy. You know, actually. He's very open because everybody in the world is trying to contact him and everything. But, you know, um, I sent him, I found his email or some message, and I actually sent him um, a thank you note. And I told him about you and how much you told me about him and how everything kind of changed. It hadn't changed completely to where, like, I, I lost 40 pounds. I didn't get, I hadn't lost that much at that point. But 
you know, actually got his email address. And we actually have a little bit of an exchange every now and then. We'll, uh, I'll email and he'll respond personally, which is really, really great. That's wonderful. So it's nice, yeah, it's nice to um, put that book. Although he, uh, there is a new volume. He, I guess he's updated a bit. Because even some of his old videos, some of them are a little outdated and he has changed his approach to certain things. But those videos are still available. But that's why you have to look at everything and continue to research yourself. Yeah, that's kind of how YouTube goes. This is another Cheeto Reset Diet. This is like a seven-day, oh, that's a a three-week. Mark Sisson. Yeah, right. It's really, really, really nice. He wrote the the Primal Blueprint, which I read uh, about almost 10 years ago and did a kind of dirty, lazy paleo diet. Yes, and then this one here, I just got this one because it was recommended by God. Can Barry eat rich, live long? And um, Ivor so Cummins, all right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Ivor Cummins. You know, I feel even better about the book now. My son, who's, <laughs> that's good, good enough for me. You get Ken Barry. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I go online a lot. You know, when I'm cooking my meals, I watch, you know, I'm either listening to Dr. Barry or you. Or, or one of the other people, like his wife is pretty good, but there's another, a chairman, this other guy just found, he's not a doctor, he's like a, an athletic trainer. He's, um, he trains like, like stars and, and celebrities and things like that. But I'm learning a lot of good things from him too. So I, I don't want to ever be one source. You know, it's not good to just try to learn. Now, for me, it was just Dr. Barry, but there was so much to learn and it was a nice foundation that he was laying for me. You know, that 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 you that you kind of laid the foundation. He started building on the foundation you laid, so that's why you know. Um, and he recommended these books, and other people recommend other books. I'm always looking at things. I'm always reading labels now, man. It's like <laughs> I turned into this other weird person, which I love this guy that I've become because you know I I don't feel sick anymore. I didn't realize how sick I felt without realizing it. I got so used to feeling that sickness and i used to always have these terrible stomach problems you know i won't get into all the details oh please no i I want i I want i want people to know the and this is one of my questions for you is what are the benefits that you've seen besides i mean (laughs) you can't really top uh, uh, reversing diabetes especially decades of diabetes but uh type 2 diabetes but uh, I mean, what else? What else have you seen? You've seen uh, what, forty pounds of weight loss. Well, probably more than that by now because you know none of my pants fit me anymore. Just the other day, um, I was going uh, going out and I put my pants, and I had already made a, uh, another hole. I think two new holes in my belt. <laughs> yeah. The lightweight belt is really nice, strong leather belt. And when I put my pants on, and I was looking for the for the hole, and I'm saying, "What's going?" On? And I passed off that even that last hole. Yep. Man, that's, I'm gonna have to start buying new new pants because up here, I mean, because I still work out, I still have a pretty nice form on top, but my waist is going away so much. You know, I mean, I see a six pack, Mike. Can you believe? All right, Dad. Yeah, man. So I'm not gonna show it. Don't even ask. But um, no, I'm not gonna. But <laughs> but no, you let's redefine the dad bod. Yeah, thank you. I I heard that phrase the other day, and I said, man. All right, some dads are like that, but you can't call me that one anymore. <laughs> I used to be, so I couldn't, I couldn't complain too much. But uh, you know, it, it's it's really good to be this actively involved in my own life, in my own health, in a way that I, because you know, being an artist, I love being creative. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm able to be creative with understanding how my body is communicating to me from the inside. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, some things like tuna fish, as much as I love it, I learned that tuna fish does terrible things in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand this. So, but I really love tuna fish. So what am I going to do? Well, I learned about occasionally I'll, I'll do this canned chicken breast. And that, it tastes like tuna, but it's, it's even yeah. lighter and nicer and smoother. And I'm, I'm learning, I haven't done it yet, but I learned about bacon mayonnaise. And I can't <laughs> wait to try bacon mayonnaise. Because <laughs> what I do is when I make bone broth, I put something, I'll put some of the chickens in, in that uh, chicken breast. I'll mm-hmm. put it in. At one point, I was putting a lot of, a lot of things in there, even, even um, pork panko, unseasoned pork panko. Yeah. Just to get a little bit of thickness. So it's actually a nice little chemical thing that I do. It's fun. Not really chemical, but it's fun. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you mean like experimenting, like you're in a, a, a like a crazy science, mad scientist in right. the kitchen, but a happy scientist, you know? a happy scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, after all these years, it took all these years. Mm. But yeah, even the piano playing, like, that's another benefit is that a lot of the problems that I've been having. Um, and I'm not going to give all the credit to the MCT order because I started seeing results the minute I changed to the ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. It's just that once I started taking the MCT, it kind of elevated things even more. And of yeah. course, I still yeah. use the butter in my coffee just because it tastes good. But having the extra fat in it is really, really nice. And then with the glycine, mm-hmm. of course, I went a little crazy and I started making like a, like a, a glycine, um, what you call it? I, I boil the glycine, a little bit of water to melt it, and I put it, I make like a, a, a vanilla shake. Um. Using, using heavy cream and using Pellegrino. You know, not, not, uh, ice cream soda, an ice cream soda. Uh, it sounds almost like an egg cream. Yeah, that's more like it. It's more like that. Yeah. But again, it was just too much. Let me not go crazy. You know, that, that's not the, the proper human diet. Our ancestors <laughs> were mixing Pellegrino and glycine. Thank you, you for... Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, as soon as you mentioned the glycine, I, I kept my mouth shut, but I thought... No, you didn't. He's gonna, you I didn't. I said something. Uh, yeah, a little something. Not too much, <laughs> I, just, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. You, you, you know, I do the same thing. You know, we we see what we we know what we like, and you know, we have you know that there's that old joke where you you know you're you're uh, you're trying something for the first time, and then you take a second look at the label. <laughs> and that's an, an, an inside joke for us, but that's uh, yeah. I mean, but and now I think it's best to avoid food with labels. I mean, it's good to read the labels when they're there, but I mean, I mean often you'll see meat will have a label. Um, so every now and then they'll throw a slap something on there, but it would be, you know, for the way for the date, that's when they do check for the date. Oh, that's true. And smell it and look at, look at it. Just use your instincts. And if it stinks, <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, and where do I get my dad jokes from? <laughs> from my dad. Guilty. Yep. <laughs> so all of you can blame all my, my word play on him. Yeah, well, he's here because I get I helped. So <laughs> don't don't beat me up too badly. <laughs> so uh yeah, so you um yeah, you see these creative benefits. So you're you're uh please tell people about uh what you do because yeah, I mean it's really amazing what you do. You're you're a visual artist, a musician, uh, a writer. Uh, yeah, uh, please talk about it. So my my job, uh, I, 
I, I always tell people I haven't worked in years because this is my dream, my dream job team true. I'm the creative director of character design for Sesame Street. So I get there, that job now, it's, it's continued to evolve into many different things. Now, I design all the new Muppets. Um, so all just, the new Muppets? I didn't realize you designed all the new Muppets. Anytime there's a new Muppet. I mean, they tried to do it without me a couple of times, and that's why I, now I do them all. Because they, <laughs> if I showed you, I won't ever show it to you because I love you. I don't want you to have to put this across <laughs> your eyes. It was atrocious. But, um, but anyhow, so, and I direct all the photo shoots, so that means I do what I call a still performance. I'm actually in there posing. I'm, I'm bending because there's armature wire that they put in the actual Muppets. Well, we have some photo Muppets, and then we have some that they're so expensive, we have to use the real Muppets at photo shoot, like Count Von Count. Whenever I have to do a photo shoot with him, it's really the count that you see on TV. Yeah. If they put the armature wire inside. So I, I'm, I'm actually, I vanish and I become each one of the characters when I'm doing that posing. I draw them, you know, I do a lot of licensing artwork, you know. And another thing that kind of came out from all this, because the people really love and I, I would do a lot of my own little drawings, and they would say, wow, that's great, it looks so real. And they'd see some of my other work and they would ask me, to, you know, they asked me once if I would do a portrait of the CEO. Or the, mm-hmm. he was, no, he was the chief operating officer. And it was such a big hit. They started making that part of my job that whenever someone was either getting a promotion or they were leaving the company or something big was happening in life, they, you know, they would ask me to do a, a portrait of them, you know. So yeah. one day they asked me, you know, I did so much. I must have done maybe 400 over the years. Really? Yeah, that made that. But one day um, so they came and said, because, you know, Barack Obama, when he was the president with Michelle Obama, you know, first lady and, and Joe, uh, Joe Biden, Dr. Joe Biden, they were in the White House with them, you know, done so much to help us with our uh, military initiative, you know, reaching out to, to kids, you know, to help them understand when their parents had to leave, you know, when they deployed. Sometimes when they came back injured, sometimes when they didn't come back at all. Mm-hmm. We actually had an initiative that helped kids to deal with that. So, um, and Dr. Joe Biden and Joe Biden, they were very, very instrumental in helping us with that. So they said, look, we want to do something for them, but you're not allowed to give any gifts to um, any politicians that specifically. So they said, well, hey, how about we're going to try to come up with some kind of an award and, you know, all these kinds of things. So wait a minute, maybe Lewis can do a, a, a drawing for them. So they came in and they said, Lewis, you know, would you do a drawing for Joe Biden, Dr. Joe Biden, for all of it. I said, wow, I, I, that means somehow I'm going to be involved with the Obama administration on some level, even if it's just by a drawing. So uh, then they said, oh, by the way, um, it shouldn't just be like a pencil drawing. This is the vice president and his wife of the United States. Can you do it in color? They didn't have that much time to do it. So, you know, you, I, I'm sure you know who Drew Struzan is. He's the artist that does the Star Wars movie posters and Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. Yeah, Classic poster artist, Drew Struzan. Right. So um, he's a friend of mine. And I, I sent him an email saying, Drew, I got this wonderful opportunity to do a portrait, but I don't know how to do it fast enough. They don't have that much time. And I know because of the way movie posters have to be done, they have to be done very quickly. So what do you do? How do you do that? And he wrote back and said, well, they're actually not really paintings. They're actually tinted drawings, and I didn't understand it. So he actually got on the phone and we spoke about it. And he told me, he said, no, you know, he got it from Alphonse Mucha, the famous, you know, um, 
painting from way, way back. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah, he said, what he does is he does a very detailed drawing in regular pencil. Then he uses um, airbrush to do like a, like a mid-tone painting. Then he goes back with colored pencils. And he, he draws all the detail in it. It looks like a painting, but it's actually a tinted drawing. Wow. I said, I can do that. So he said, you know, Lewis, let me send you something. So he sent me a video of, his, of how he paints. He painted the Hellboy movie poster. And so he sent me a video, a DVD of that. And it was so, he was such a nice man, really great guy. So um, I watched that and I was drooling all the time because I was learning all this stuff. It was like going to school, going to four years of illustration school in like, what is it, like a 90 minute uh, video. But I learned everything I needed to know. So I went out and bought everything, did it, and I got it done very quickly. And I wrote it, I did it for them. And Elmo and Joan Gans Cooney, the woman that started Sesame Street, they both presented it to, with the CEO at the time, Gary Nell. They presented it to Joe Biden, Dr. Joe Biden. And the thing is that, his, his corporate look, the picture that I use as reference, he looked very governmental. It was a nice picture, but he, you know, he was smiling. But I kicked it up quite a bit. And then when they posed for the picture of them holding it, he actually kicked his smile up to the way I drew it. So mm -hmm. I actually, it's almost like I did like a, a, a Muppet posing thing on, on him remotely. Too bad he didn't do uh, one of those uh, portraits of Dorian Gray for him, too. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have my put. I have my opinions. I know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's well, great. I'm sorry. Anyway, real quick, just one last one again because I was talking about one of the things that I do at work, and there are all these portraits. Just um, maybe it was a couple of years ago, after the Obamas were out of the office, they wanted to give a gift because Michelle Obama was very, very generous about inviting Sesame to the White House and coming on the show. She was really great with the puppets and everything. So they wanted to do a portrait for her, but they said, this time we're just going to wait until they're out of the White House and they're just private citizens. So I went ahead and did a portrait for her and her daughters, and I put some of the Muppets, some of the girl Muppets in there with them. And she actually wrote me a letter. I don't know if I ever told you about that, but she wrote me a letter thanking me. And um, it was just amazing that she would take the time out to thank you like that, because I'm sure she gets gifts from anybody, but I got yeah, a from Michelle Obama. To me, the one doing the special work is you, because, you know, what, what they're doing is, you know, they're administering. A, a, don't even get me started on the government. What you're doing and what your intentions are, are so pure and noble that they should be bowing down to thank you. So please. OK, I'll say I'll accept that. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> a, uh, I mean, I know that this is stuff that you've done throughout your creative career, but uh, have you found um, I, mean, I feel like I'm I'm uh, stealing a bit from uh, there's a uh, I have a friend who has a project called Creative Keto. And so um, I'm curious as to how going keto has helped your uh, your creativity, because you know, you're you're doing 400 por portraits on top of all the other things you did, designing Muppets and, uh, you know, the posing them for photo shoots and uh, all these things. So, I mean. Uh, have you noticed a big difference in your workflow, things like that, uh, your creativity in general, your energy level, stuff like that? I, I'm, I sound like I'm giving leading questions, but I'm just trying to. <laughs> no, this is good, Mike. This is great. I'm glad you asked me that. I kind of touched on it a little bit because, again, even my own work on the piano, I've noticed a difference. Mm -hmm. But you know what it is? The difference 
I hate to keep using the same word again over and over, but seismic. It's really big because when you start to feel good as a human being, when you're just your your natural human functions are are doing what they're supposed to do, like everything, everything in my life has been enhanced. So of course my work, I mean I I'm usually sometimes two or three weeks ahead of schedule with my work. And usually I, you usually sometimes I'm sorry, Mike, you know <laughs> I'm trying not to brag here. I'm just saying, you know what, because look, I am always ahead of my schedule. Yeah. And it, it puts pressure on the other people because they, they wonder how come other people can't do what I do. First of all, the way I was raised as an artist, you know, I worked for Neil Adams, the guy that made Batman cool back in the seventies, the famous comic book artist Neil Adams. Yeah. And he was tough and working for him when I was seventeen he hired me. So I started learning. I getting started getting my chops when I was seventeen. Worked for advertising agencies. Worked for you know Abram Genzi Entertainment. I was the entire art department. So I was able to get all these skills. But again, even back then, that when I was working at AGE and uh, Abram Gentile is when I discovered I had diabetes, and it was really kind of it kind of set me back quite a bit. Mm. But now, in, with my whole life being you know kind of re- reset. Um, it, it just impacts everything. The work I do, the writing I do, you know, I write a lot for the Norman Rockwell Museum. They've been asking me to write, um, they wrote, I wrote a blog, and when they, they saw the blog, they loved it so much, they asked me to start writing some of the um, the plaques that are actually in the museum for some of the paintings. Wow. And yeah, things like that, because you know, I, I've done lectures. And during the pandemic, I must have done maybe 40 different lectures, maybe more at this point. And not just lectures, but I like to interact with people. They send questions and all that. And it's like everything has just turned a whole, turned up a whole other. Matter of fact, it wasn't turned up. It evolved. It changed from one thing to another. Because if I would have just turned up where I was before, it would, it would, it would have been nice. But this is a new life. It's a brand new life. It really, really is. So again, all, all it was is just eating the right things. I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not a broken record with you too. Say thank you, Mike. But um, that shifted me into a whole other gear. So every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll be a little bit candid here. You know, I had some, some challenges in my marriage. And um, even there, because, you know, my mind is working clear, I'm able to go and think deeper. Because everybody has problems in marriage. I mean, sure. marriage is trouble sometimes. It can be, you know, heaven and hell. Both things at the same time. But the thing is, have as much heaven as possible. And in my particular case, you know, I was trying to figure out what it is that I needed to do. And I was able to stop and really think, go back in, because when I go back in now, there's a healthy place to go back in. Before mm-hmm. when I went in, it was not that healthy, not just physically, but when you're, when you're eating all that garbage, it's going to affect you in every single way, the way you think, the way you, the way you feel, everything. And because there's like, um, you know, I, I do intermittent fasting, which is part of the reason why I lost 40 pounds. And I love that. It just, again, just brought me to this beautiful place of sensitivity and understanding to be able to stop and really think. And, you know, that's why I, I'm writing like profusely. I mean, matter of fact, you know, you've been talking about doing my art school forever. And it's finally, finally gotten to a place where it looks like it's going to be born maybe next year. Yeah. Finally, going to be opening up your art school. Yeah, I feel it yeah. feels right. Yeah. It feels like it's finally everything that needed to come together came together. This pandemic, as horrific as it's been, has been the most productive time of my life 
And again, thanks to my son, because I got my health back. Once I got my health back, everything else came back too. Mm-hmm. Everything else started to really reveal itself and what it needed to be, what it was supposed to be. And I was able to respect it because you can't respect anything when you're sick. I didn't know I was wow. sick. Yeah, I, I didn't know I was sick because I was so used to feeling that way. When I mm-hmm. when when all the crap got out, the, the weight, I wasn't even trying to lose weight. I was just trying to get my diabetes down. I didn't know it was going to go away. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the, the weight loss and everything, and again, I was able to respect all these other projects from that inner, inner respect that I have that generates from inside to the outside. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Like, my whole life, completely, totally history. Wow. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, uh, and you know, thank you for giving me credit, but I mean, the credit goes back and forth. I mean, just like our health is an, an integral whole, there's no, everything's connected in one way or another. Cause and effect goes both ways. I wouldn't be who I am without uh, your, your direction, you guiding me and you and my mom both sought to guide me in the most natural way possible. And encouraged me he didn't force me just encouraged me to into the right things and uh back when you know i was a uh, an eat anything person i don't know i have to find a good name for that but uh that when i was that guy i looked at holistic health as just wishful thinking uh pretty much almost not i mean i knew that chamomile helped me to sleep that was about it but I didn't believe in any, so I just saw the herbs and whatever. I thought, okay, sure. Okay. I'm sure that helps you. But, um, I had no idea that eating meat would be my, my path to holistic health, but. Sounds funny, but it's true. Yeah. But really, I mean, that's the point is that holistic, the holistic part of that is it has to do with every the totality, everything in life. It's 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 a whole. It's not that's the whole and holistic, and um, it's hard to really overstate how connected everything is, how surprisingly connected everything is. And things that you would never ever expect to. I mean, like you're saying, your your emotional state is more stable, and when you think about it, I mean, anybody who relies that heavily too heavily on sugar uh, carbohydrates as their energy source they get hangry you know hungry 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 angry hangry and so it's pretty much like a a, a mental illness built into that diet wow never heard run, like that before yeah wow yeah i mean you have a mood at least a mood disorder i mean there's a, a hierarchy so that's that's like having a mood disorder built right into your diet that's powerful mark i never thought of you're absolutely right (laughs) and that thought's been kind of i think in the back of my head for a while but it just kind of crystallized as we spoke but um yeah it's it's good to have changed and again not to get too deep into but you know you as you grew up you know yeah there were there were problems but there was like you said a lot of love in the family and we watched you turn into this, this just amazing person. And it just kept going on. And remember um, Dr. Kalix, I believe his name was your pediatrician. Yeah, and I remember him. You were, but you were just, yeah, I mean, he, he was there pretty just for a while. But after a while, you know, you grew up. 
Yeah. So when you were just three months old, you were doing things you were, he said, he's not supposed to be doing this. You know, you were three months old playing patterns on your little toy piano. Well, you're sucking your thumb, but you're playing like three blind mice backwards and forwards. <laughs> I don't think you knew it was three blind mice. I think you were just re- writing a new piece of music to you. <laughs> and it intimidated the heck out of me, man. Because like, he told me, your your child is very, very advanced. So um, whatever you do, don't get in his way. Uh, just watch what he's doing and, and, and support the direction he's going in already. And then he kind of told us we were fortunate. I felt like, oh my God, I hope I don't mess this up. And, um, you know, and then your mom, because she felt brilliant, that was a big piece of your, your academic level. It was really, really a lesson coming from her. Yeah. And, you know, but she was a creator, like crazy like creator. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, you, you had the, the love was there, but we, we didn't interfere. We watched and we supported. And it worked. It worked so well. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's uh, that means the world to me. Here on your show, man. Oh yeah, thank yeah. I, this I knew that one day I'd need to have you on this show uh, because as soon as I, I mean, as soon as I started doing interviews a while back, I thought I've, eventually I'm going to get find my way to interviewing my dad, and we'll talk about something. And I'm glad we're talking about. I mean, because at that time you weren't even really seriously considering keto so i didn't deserve a chance to be on your show <laughs> stop <laughs> no i didn't i didn't because uh, i didn't believe in it i wasn't really i didn't i wasn't sold out of it unfortunately a lot of times people have to get that close to danger to wake up and they need somebody there to point it out because a lot of times we're cushioned at a point of you know one of the most unkind things you can do to a person is to, is to cushion them and comfort them at a time when they need to hear the truth and it's mm-hmm. going to hurt. Do it anyway, because that could be the thing that really, really changes their life. So mm-hmm. instead of coddling me or, you know, because, you know, you've always been good, but you've always been clear and you gave me the truth. And that that's what I needed right at that moment. So, yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, I hate to even think about what would happen if I, if that chain of events didn't happen, you know, it was like, it was like, I, I was meant to go to the Rock Museum to be so, on such a high, so elated that I was going to eat some kind of garbage. Mm. And that was going to trigger me to tell you and you were going to tell me what I needed to hear. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all for, we, yeah, it's hard to, as painful as some of the steps are along the way, it, 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 it all, each step, feeds the next or, or right, provides a foundation for the next and uh, a chain reaction. And uh, it's uh, like I said, it can be really because like, like, you know, in my case, it was a uh, Nietzsche, my little cat, my kitten dying, you know, he, he was no longer a kitten, but he still, still acted like one. And uh, he, he should have lived longer too, because his diet, I had no idea, you know, it, we, so, um, you know, just like, you know, baby food is not food, usually not really good for, I mean, I don't know, I guess half the, I know I kept eating baby food when I was an adult, I would eat the, the sweet ones like the applesauce or the, the banana creamed banana every now and then as a snack, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, pure sugar, pure sugar. Um, but uh, I forget what I was saying about all that, but I, I'm just grateful that, that, uh, you know, we've found our way to a more natural lifestyle and that, uh, you know, we, we had, 
like Dr. Kalikst was was someone who advocated for a natural approach in that case, in that at least on that level. So, right. and that something that doctors were able to do back then, you know, and they they took that kind of interest in patients. I don't know how pedi- pediatricians are now, but. Here's the one that's kind of frightening because there's still a big push on baby food and things like that. And yeah. one of the things Dr. Barry was saying, because he, he, he gives his son the same food they eat from the table. And he'll, but he'll give him like maybe like a, a chicken bone to suck on or something like that when he was mm-hmm. teething instead of giving him teeth, a plastic teething. But, um, yeah. you know, it, the baby food is obviously it's not really good for them. They need to eat the food that's going to help build their bodies. I mean, I'm so glad, you know, that's a good thing too. When this thing happened to me, I saw an overnight change and now my body's really responding the way it's supposed to. So that means that even though you can go a long time making all those mistakes, your body will forgive you. And be just the, the apology is to feed it right. Not to say, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Is mm-hmm. it, give it the real foods and it'll immediately uh, forgive you yeah it can i, I think yeah. i think it's, it's important to, yeah. well, i'm sorry yeah it's just like if i'm thinking about me somebody i ate like a like an idiot and for me to get an overnight i can't believe it wouldn't happen for other people but you're right it, it's possible for other people not that it will happen just a caveat yeah it's a caveat right thank you for that I'm so excited about this. I, oh, please! Over enthusiastic. <laughs> that's great. That's perfect. That's what that's what we need, and that's I, I I want people to see that and feel that because until that's what really helps to to win over minds and hearts, and it's a, that that uh, we're sharing our stories and and we're I, someone said you know, we we've shared a lot of quotes over the years, and I heard a really good one. Um, Something along the lines of uh, nobody cares what you have to say until they know how much you care. Nice. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. That's good. Yeah. And it's actually my life. That's actually speaking into my life with that because that's whenever I'm at a meeting, you know, I'm always the one that anybody starts quoting. Whenever I'm on a panel, you know, I, I, I'm, and for some reason, it's divinely ordered somehow, I'm always the last panelist. And at the end of the uh, program, all the panelists are quoting me, thinking, you know, just like Lewis said, and they, it, ne- it never fails. It happens every single time. And I remember well, the first time I was on a panel, and I shocked everybody because after the, all the panels were quoting me, everybody couldn't wait to hear what I had to say. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the MC said, so would you have any final pieces of advice for these young people? I was, I was speaking to... I can't remember, it was at the court, it was one of the courthouse buildings, but it wasn't a court case, it was just they let us see the building. So anyway, um, the MC said, so can each of, of our panelists please give a piece of advice, closing advice to each one of the students here. So they each went and they took a turn, they took a turn, they finally got to me, and of course everybody was waiting for me. I said, well, I have absolutely no advice whatsoever for anyone. And they said, what do you mean? I said, you know, advice is sacred. Advice is not something you just throw out and give. I, I, with, with apologies to my panelists, I have to know who you are. I have to know what it is you're trying to achieve and accomplish in your life before I can, I have to earn my way into giving you advice. Now, I can tell you what I've done and see if that would help you, but to give advice, no, that's sacred. I have to stop 
and, and sit down with you and it, it's going to take a while and I, I'll never be able to give perfect advice but I will give educated advice advice is something that you give to somebody after you get to know something real about them mm. it was funny and after that because the response was tremendous I felt really bad because almost like 90% of the audience came to meet me and shake my hand and things like that and <laughs> ask me for my card and the other panels were just kind of, you know, had three or four people around. And then when those three or four people saw an opening, they ran over to me. <laughs> uh, and again, I don't say that to Brett, I'm just saying that what you just said about when, when people know you care, and I showed them, I care about them. I don't want to give advice because mm -hmm. I can say something that doesn't mean anything. But once I know who you are, I can then earn, I've earned my way to at least being able to invest something in you that might be of any real value. I don't, I, that's sacred to me. It really is. And again, it's holistic yet again. You're, you're um, responding to it's instead of a one size fits all, like, you know, that's being pushed on people right now, a one size fits all solution that I strongly disagree with. And, you know, that I think it's important that people, yeah, be able to explore, to, to make mistakes and to, learn from those mistakes and to but to and to be informed properly informed every step of the way absolutely you know we really are we're all works in progress and when you think about it, i mean for life you, you never land you're always a work in progress but when you think of it that way you realize that because you're work in progress nothing that that you do is a flaw a flaw is something you find in a completed like if you bought a a piece of equipment, a camera, and the shutter didn't work. That's a flaw. But a, a human being, somebody that's, uh, that's, a, that's a work in progress for the for their entire life, you you can't be flawed. I know that sounds odd, but the problem is if you ignore when you when you discover something that looks like a flaw, it's actually you you're being let in on the next level of your growth. It's showing you where you need to grow, where you need to pay some attention, where you might need to go out and research or learn. Instead of looking at it as something that's wrong with you, you said, oh, so this is an area where I can grow. It, it took a while to learn that, but it was so valuable to me. And I started sharing that with some young people because, you know, the self-esteem sometimes, especially these days, is really low. And I said, well, you know what? You, you need to just kind of, your perspective has to shift. If you can see yourself as a work in progress, you know, and, and that you're not flawed, you just need to pay attention. When you find something that needs growth and needs development, stop admit it and pay, and pay attention to it and, and invest in it but don't start because that the, the the words of negativity can really play havoc on our minds and it, it, it's already we're already challenged because we already kind of we were raised to think certain ways about ourselves and and sometimes to think pretty pretty poorly about ourselves some people like think too highly of themselves you're still thinking too much about yourself. You got to think about your process and go back in and understand that you are in process. It's a process. It's a you're making progress if you're doing if you're paying attention to those things that you discover that feel like flaws. So no, it's not a flaw. That's my next level of development. That's what it is. We're constantly being graduated. It's hard to think that way, and I didn't think about it that way for years and years and years. But once I got hold of that, it changed everything. And Reframing. Reframing, thank you. It's beautiful. That's it. Reframing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's real. And it also uh, actually, to me, it, it ties right in with keto that, that this idea that we're not flawed. I mean, there are so many conditions that we're told are irreversible, that it's genetic, all that stuff. And so much of it is environment, including our food environment, what we put in, into our bodies. So, yeah, this just to, to, to know that we're not flawed, but what we're doing with what we have is flawed. Right. Uh, but it can be and and that's how we uh, and then from there we we identify our where we should grow and improve that's what those things are for because look the stress that we put on ourselves when we think negatively it really does wear on us i mean people can die from the stress of just thinking of, of being depressed and being so frustrated and angry that people have but i think that's been know, happening a lot this past year a lot a lot, like, a lot. But reframing, I love that word, you know. Mm-hmm. Reframe everything so you can see, you know, this is not a flaw. And what we see in other people that they come off and start acting out and acting badly, is people that are ignoring when they see something in themselves that they need to grow in. Look, I'll say this, it's kind of it's hard. But it's a racist. When they find that they're racist, instead of looking at it as, oh, this is something that I need to grow in because obviously I found something in me that needs a lot of attention we could take a long time to work on but instead of that they ignore they ignore it on that level and they start acting out and then you see what racism is if people can understand when you feel that way you need you're you're being told there's some deep-seated problem that needs to be worked out inside of you inside of your head really and if you can do that you can actually because there are a lot of people i know who were very racist that finally changed not in fact even today we had a meeting you know i won't say any names but we had a, a, a special meeting at a, a something i'm affiliated with and there were there were a lot of really racist things said 20 years ago that were actually changed by the same people nowadays because of a lot of things are going on out there that were a lot of people are making a lot of mistakes but because a lot of attention is being paid to what's going wrong, people started to rethink. It's giving them an opportunity at least to reframe the way they think. So for some people, they're actually courageous enough to go back in and look and say, you know, maybe I've been thinking about this in a way that's destructive. I can turn that around just like to turn our diets around. What goes into our mouths, what mm-hmm. comes out can also be turned around, reframed. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm touching on something that's very, very touchy here. We don't have to get into that. But it's fine for me. I'm thinking for you because I'm the one, the savage here. I'm the meat guy. <laughs> you're, you're the, uh, you're, you're, you're my blue pill dad. <laughs> you're not totally blue pilled. You, you got, you got red pills on the red meat. That's for sure. I love it. Love it. Love it yeah that's uh man thank you thank you so much for sharing so there's so much that we could get into and and i hope to to have you on again at some point because i'm sure there's other stuff we can talk about yeah i'd love to come back (laughs) thank you but uh yeah um what what do you uh i I mean have you eaten dinner tonight uh no i couldn't say i went omad today oh omad so you ate already lunch I had, had three uh, burger patties with, um, with uh, how do I say it again, the 
over over medium eggs. Three mm-hmm. or I have these little rings that you cook eggs in so that they don't sp- spread all over. So I had beautiful little um, pillows of eggs on top of my burgers. <laughs> and of course I had my I had my trout liver and my sauerkraut, yes. I had my, my Pellegrino, which is my drink. I love my Pellegrino. I mean, oh, water yeah. is still my favorite drink of all. Cold water is just divine. Pellegrino is water. I mean, it's fancy water. It's it's sparkling water. Sometimes I just want water. But Mm -hmm. when I want sparkling, Pellegrino. Love it. I I like to put um, electrolytes uh, or at least a little pinch of salt in my water now. I I put them in the coffee, electrolytes. Oh, really? The the electrolytes in the coffee? Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. It just doesn't. And I I guess... um, Coffee is a, a diuretic, so it does uh, drain you of, of liquids. <laughs> so it's better to, I, I guess, defend against that with some electrolytes. And but they call um, it bulletproof coffee when you do all those things to it, but it's working for me, man. It's working like crazy. Some people can't drink coffee because there's some, somehow they, it affects them negatively. But for me, coffee, I grew up on coffee, and now I'm drinking it right. Yeah. yeah no it, sugar. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, and I know that's hard for a Puerto Rican, but <laughs> to take out the sugar, I mean, I get one of, one of my friends, a Puerto Rican, he a full, full Puerto Rican, you know, you're half, he, he's full Puerto Rican. He, and he's, he cut out all sugar from his coffee. Good. I mean, it's a good move. He's in this, I mean, wow. Yeah. He's now uh, 50. So <laughs> yeah, it's Time flies, and right. I mean, one thing people should know is that you're what sixty one. Yeah, sixty one years old. I, I, I mean, it doesn't calculate. I mean, it's not making sense to me, especially looking at you. Thank you. So much. Thank you. I don't people, feel. It. I mean, that's I ridiculous. Felt 60, I felt sixty one when I was thirty. Wow. In my body. Yeah. Yeah. I. I didn't feel quite that old, but I was getting there. I felt. Forty something in my in my twenties. That's not good. I mean, physically. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. And emotionally too, probably. You know, getting I was real cantankerous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're 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 doing so much better, and I look forward to yeah, many more years of continuing to get better and better as we continue to. As we, like you said, we're we're still learning. I st- I'm still learning, you know, three and a half, you said nine months in, you're still learning. I'm still learning three and a half years in, uh, uh, uh Amber or Hearn, if you know about her or others are uh, the Andersons 20 years in that Amber has been doing it over 10 years and the Anderson family over 20. So, yeah, I mean, then they're carnivore. So, I mean, but you know, it's still keto in the keto family. I consider it a yeah. whole family. Absolutely. Don't forget, we're all a work in progress. It never ends. Yeah. I mean, I may, yeah, I've every now and then I, I think about getting a little something like fermented, a fermented vegetable, like a, I guess it's a fruit technically, but a, a pickle, you know, a pickled cucumber. But uh, yeah, the one time I tried it, it was the wrong kind. I just got the regular kind of brine. Whereas the, the, the real ones, the, uh, the, I think the super kosher ones, I don't know, you, you, you got to go to the specialty markets and they have to keep them in the refrigerator aisle because it, it's not preserved. So you, you, you can't keep it in a jar or in a, uh, a you barrel. can't keep it in a barrel. Thank you. Yes. You know, like in the old, uh, the olden days. You have I to wasn't keep doing it. <laughs> no. That nasty pickles. <laughs> 
Yeah, I used to, but I mean, they have the same thing. You can go, go to most delis and most, the better delis you can find, they'll have a, a barrel of, of the uh, name brand pickles. You know what I do? Um, sometimes I, I mean, I love pickles, but I stopped because I was always getting the bread and butter pickles that have sugar like crazy. But, but, but I stopped at once. Ago. What I do now is I get the Seabers, um cucumber, the small, the mini ones. And um, I mean, I, wa- I wash them off well and leave the skin on. But I make a, a mix of apple cider vinegar and a little bit of uh, avocado oil with salt and pepper. And when you mix it in there, it tastes like pickles. It's just mm-hmm. really, really fresh and refreshing. Interesting. And if, if I'm eating um, pork chops, that's, that's usually my side vegetable. I only have one vegetable for meal. And my side vegetable for pork chops is that because I'll usually eat two pork chops. And, um, and it's nice to have that little, that little um, cleanse, uh, palate cleanser in between, but it's so delicious. But I love, I mean, something that's not back apple cider vinegar. I even make, when I run in the mood for like a sweet soda, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll, I'll boil a, a, a tablespoon of glycine in a little bit of the water. Then I'll take the Pellegrino and I'll pour that into this nice glass bottle that I had. And I'll put maybe one and a half uh, tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in there. It's almost like drinking apple soda. Yeah. I, I remember I used to get the, yeah, the, you're, you're talking about the organic with, with the, the mother, right? The apple cider yeah. vinegar with the, the organic and that, that, that the mother, what is it? A, uh, yeah, the mother. It's the culture. Product. It's a, the culture. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, I got, you got it from Dr. Barry. He uses Bragg's and that's the one I use. Yeah. I was trying not to use name brand. I don't know. It, it was fine using name brands, but yeah, that's the one I used as well. The Braggs and uh, yeah, I haven't. In fact, I think I, I started, I used it a little bit in my early, especially lazy kind of uh, lazy carnivore days. So that was uh, call me lazy, right? You call me lazy. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that I, the way I was doing it was I, I wasn't informing myself. You're informing yourself thoroughly. But I, I just, I was kind of coasting on things that I already thought I knew. And, uh, and now I, I really don't feel the need for uh, apple cider vinegar, but I'm not against it. It's one of them, the things that I think, uh, I mean, I wouldn't run around recommending it, but I don't think, I, I'm not worried for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I, I just, I use very little. Like I said, mm-hmm. a little bit in, in like a little bowl with the uh, avocado oil and the salt and pepper. Just for the, for the, I only do that when I'm eating the, um, the cucumber. It would be hard to, to chug that much ACV. It's not that, that uh, and when you drink too much, it's not tasty and it feels bad in your stomach. So, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> That's acid. Drinking acid. Now, think you about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you want, you want, I guess I, want, I put a whole lot of Pellegrino in there, one and a half tablespoons of, um, no, actually, it's two teaspoons. That I put of the uh, apple cider vinegar and all that Pellegrino, and then you know, have an apple soda, and it, it tastes it's so satisfying and so refreshing, and because of the glycine, it was nice and sweet, but not crazy sweet. Because I don't even look. I forgot my because right now whenever I go somewhere, I have these little these little containers where I keep some glycine. So if I'm going to go out, I'll stop at Starbucks. I'll use the glycine, mm-hmm. but I forgot it one day, and I need I needed to. I already ordered the coffee. So, all right. I said, just give me, give me four splinters. I used to put like eight or nine splinters. Give me four splinters. I'll deal with that. 
it was almost too sweet. My wow. tongue had changed. Mm-hmm. This is just the most beautiful thing to be on the path of, the, this is the path of life. You know, mm-hmm. this is the path of life. To just eat right. Everything else kind of follows suit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a, like you said, chain reaction. And it's and we ha- we have no idea until we actually do it. And then there's no turning back <laughs> once you know. I mean, you can turn well, back. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but some people do. It's, but yeah, I just don't see. And in fact, part of what I, I didn't even finish my point about the pickle was ultimately, even though I know you're not, you, you still eat your sauerkraut and everything. I'm not against the sauerkraut, but it just doesn't appeal to me enough. You know, even that, that little, every little recipe you just told me about, uh, that little, um, yeah, cucumber, seedless cucumber, uh, uh, pickle simulator thing. It just sounded so much like so much work for something that's not meat. <laughs> so that's just how I saw it. I said, it really does not appeal. Man. I can't All blame right. you, but even, I mean, right now I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about sauerkraut. I could, I enjoy it. I, I could use, you know, but then I forget all about it once the meat's right there in front of me. So. You don't need it, right? If you don't need it, don't even think about it. Right? I don't even need it. I just enjoy it because I like the palate cleansing aspect of it. Because, you know, I love the taste of the meat. So if I finish a, finish a whole patty with the, with the egg on top of it, yeah. and I have a little bit of the uh, sauerkraut, it's like, it's like it's, it prepares my mouth Almost like I never had a hamburger. So when I get the next bite, it's like a brand new hamburger. What kind you know? of sauerkraut are you are you getting though? It's um it's the three sixty five. It's the organic stuff that I get from Whole Foods. Organic, because if you're talking about the pro- probiotics and you want the pro- probiotic benefits of uh, a fermented food, you want to make sure you're getting. I, I don't even know how they do the the store kombucha where if you're not making kombucha yourself, I remember one of my friends uh, years back was making his own kombucha and uh, that, you know, you have to make it, <laughs> keep it alive in its work. So uh, I, yeah, it's again, but uh, I figured that you would know a, a good brand. So uh, yeah, organic is enough. You think, is that what your uh, nutritionist says? I'm learning, I guess I'm, learning, I'm working in progress. I'm learning. Yeah. I want to learn how to do it myself because, you know, I did buy like some cabbage and that was work to get the cabbage, to cut the cabbage. And I bought these special they go, um, slicers and things like that. But that was a lot of work. And because, you know, there are moments when I'm doing work for Sesame Street and I'm this right, right in June is going to be like every day is going to be a photo shoot, like the whole month. Yeah. And that's a lot. This is the biggest photo shoot. I, in the career my career it's almost 30 years can you believe that almost wow. 30 years of sesame. and this is going to be the biggest of all shoots that i've ever done and this i'm the only one i mean henson helps me but i have to come up with all the pills i have to, it's a lot of mental work too but again i love it so much that it doesn't wear on me especially now because of the way i eat and, and i'm in such good condition for this that's great so, you know it's going to be wonderful but um because of that I never know what I'm going to have to do from day to day. I know about photo shoot, but even during a normal day, I'll get an email saying, you know, Google needs uh, uh, something. And I got a, you know, a whole thing with all the characters in it. So that I'll have to, I don't, I don't work past five. I keep my hours. That's why I still love my job. 
because I, I get up early, I get up very early, but I will not work past five when this is really an emergency. Because then I want to really, that's the other part of taking care of myself. I learned that it's not just eating, I want to sleep, I want to rest, I want to play, I want to enjoy the, like you said, the holistic thing, the whole life. It's mm-hmm. not just eating well so that I can burn out, it's eating well so that I can think and use my brain so that I won't have to burn out. And they don't understand how I'm able to stay, you know, three weeks ahead of schedule on a certain project, <laughs> and I'm still, at five o'clock, they can't get me anymore, because I shut down. You were doing that stuff that before, though. I mean, you were always super efficient and always waking up. At, you won't work after five, but you always wake up before five <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. But you know what? Even there, I have to thank you again, Mike, because, you know, when you were a kid, you know, um, I was trying to help your mom out because, you know, it was hard to get you ready for school and things like that. So I wanted to take over for a while. So I said, well, how many? Because at that point, I was a freelance artist. And I said, how am I going to do that? And sorry, I know how to do it. So I would take you to school. And, you know, you yanked me and said, no, look at the morning glories. And, and then when I got back home, I would sleep while you were in school. Then I'd get up in time to go pick you up. And then, you know, we'd have our adventure in, in Prospect Park, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you got home, I could help you with your homework and everything like that. And then once uh, you were in bed, then I stayed up all night to work. I don't know if you ever knew that, but that's the way I did it when I was freelancing. Yeah, I couldn't I do that. Yeah, it was the only way that I could do it and be completely present for you. Because, you know, you weren't a demanding child, but, you know, you certainly required a, a lot of attention. And you deserved every bit of it. I wish more kids felt comfortable enough to ask the myriad questions that you... And the thing is, I learned, too, because of Dr. Kalista, he he really helped me understand don't get in, in your kid's way. He, he's really advanced. Just pay attention and uh, guide him through the process. You know, just protect him and support him. Whenever you would ask me something that was really like, I just didn't have the answer. I felt, because of the kind of person who I felt humble enough to say, you'll, you'll probably remember this. Well, Mike, I don't know. Let's go find out together. Mm-hmm. And one time, I think you asked me, how many teeth does a T-Rex have? And I said, you know, we need to go find out. And you were going to boot up your computer. I said, no, no, let's go to the Museum of the History. <laughs> so that we don't have to go. I said, yeah, Mike, we should, we should go. We should go and find out. Not find out what somebody else said. I don't know if you remember that, but we went and we found a big turret on the fourth floor. And you actually got to count. It was not easy because it was pretty high up. <laughs> but they were big enough that you could do that. Yeah, no, it was really amazing. But because of that, I said, no, I'm not going to be like a half dad. I'm going to be there completely, and I'm going to be honest. If I didn't know something, that was my opportunity to learn with you. And it really worked out very, very well. I mean, there were things you asked I would never have asked at any point in my life. So I got to learn about that stuff, too, as we went along. So again, my, my structure, my discipline came from trying to be the best dad I could so that I could be present in your life and still get some sleep, you know? <laughs> no, thank you, Dad. That's... And- I guess, I don't know. I, I, I guess that that can't be necessarily genetic, but I, I'm such a night owl. I still work <laughs> a lot of the time up until four in the morning sometimes. So you might have gotten some of that from your mom because you know, I was always the early, crazy one early. Yeah. She can hang. She can hang. <laughs> I'm not. A, I tried getting, getting up early the other day and I got a migraine all day. It was mild, but don't do it. Don't. If you don't have to do it, 
I went to bed. I went to bed early. Yeah, but your circadian rhythm is probably not aligned to that. You, no. you know what? You could over time probably shift that, but why bother? You yeah. do some of your greatest stuff. You know, three o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I would, I would get, I would get up at the crack of dawn. You'd be asleep, but then you wake up and say, "Dad, listen to this recording of this me. Blow <laughs> me away, man! I'm saying, what did you do? <laughs> How did you do that?" That is true. Yeah, we've we've always kept kind of shifts. So once my yeah. shift ends, your shift starts. So we got the whole day covered, man. Yep. <laughs> you got the whole day covered. You got, you got creativity 24-7. Yes. Woo! Love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thanks again, Dad, so much for being on the meat of it. It, it, it means the world to me uh, that not, not only, I mean, that you being here, that, that, that means the world to me, but it means even more, a whole other world, a whole extra universe on top of that, that you're taking care of yourself. And that's as simple as that. I don't know what else to say except, uh, yeah, because, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to have you in my life and uh, that, that, and I, you know, I'm proud of you. Huh. Look who's talking. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And I'm surprised I didn't end up crying on this broadcast because, like I said, when I was watching that, that interview with you and, and I forgot his name. He's a really nice guy. Michael? Yeah. Michael, Michael Willis. Michael Willis. Yes, that's him. That's him. Hi, Michael. I, I lost it because the things you were saying, yes, hello. <laughs> I lost it because the things you were saying about my son, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know I am benefiting tremendously, but when I hear you're helping other people change, because he said you changed my life. He said things like that that I'm saying about you. That means your crusade is going off the whole crusade, but your mission. It's a crusade. I mean, okay, uh, good. good. Thank yeah. you. It's going out, not just even here, it's going internationally. And I get to know that I got to help bring somebody into this world that's helping other people save their lives because it saved mine. I'm hearing it from them. Not, you know, you never brag. So I'm glad I got to hear that. So. Again, my thanks. I'm so proud of you. And I won't cry, I promise. I don't think so, but I promise. Uh, I, think I think I almost did. <laughs> uh, you just mean everything to me. You always did. And you always will. And thank you for this opportunity. And keep it up, man. Just keep going. Man. I'm glad I'm a patron. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, um, yeah, and when I read my thank yous to the, uh, the whole list of people on Patreon, I'm so proud that my dad's on that list. So <laughs> maybe it would be nice to, to, to thank uh, the whole bunch live with you here. My compatriots. <laughs> yeah. Your compatreons. Hey, there you go, man. <laughs> but I have to watch out because, you know, Patreon, they, they've been censoring people. So I have to watch out. They um, kind of enforce the mainstream narrative that I don't really <laughs> follow. So no, I'm anyway. just, just say it real quick. You know, yeah. I know. And, I, look, Mike, you know, you're your own person, and I wanted you always to be your own person. Maybe we don't agree on every single thing, and I and that's fine because, you know, I, I want you to be your own person. I'm not going to understand everything you do and say and believe, but, man, I'm so proud of you because you're your own person, because you didn't just adopt the things that I, that I feel and I want or that I believe in. 
but you certainly are moving forward. And because you stood your own ground, I'm still benefiting from it tremendously. And so a lot of other people. So you just keep going. Keep going. Thank you, Dad. That means so much. So much. I'm more than I could ever tell you. So, yeah, I, I have to keep going because, uh, I mean, and this is something that, that you and my mom instilled in me is that this uh, tenacity, I think that word came up earlier. Uh, it's, there were this, we, we, you know, this inability to just stand down when something has to be done. You know, rising to the occasion, as you often say. So that's, uh, I use that a lot. So that's that means so much to me. <laughs> oh, come on. You're my dad. You've taught me so much. And I'm, I'm glad that you say I've taught you, but right. that's what I had to do to, to be a dad rising the occasion. So. Mm. Well, thank you. Well, thanks for patience. I'm sorry. I spent some more time. Thank you. No, I mean, for other people involved in this too. And I'm grateful no, to you all for supporting my son. You're all, yeah, you're all rising to the occasion. So thank you very much to Kevin, Jeffrey, Nate, Matt, Todd, Mary, Adrian, Jordan, Grigori, Michael, MJ Armstrong, and thank you, Dad. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> your change, your your improvements are, I mean, even though I was doing this for years before you did this, I, I mean, knowing that you're doing this helps to fuel me tremendously. So I'll do it even more now than <laughs> You can't be more cute. I guess I don't know. You, you can't really be more keto. <laughs> Work in progress. Always moving. Work in progress. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Dad, and I love you. Love you too so much. <laughs>